0: Hello, I'm Rami,
1: And this is Dakota.
0: And you're listening to Leveling Duo, a podcast where two good friends talk about video games that's made an impression on their lives, be it good or bad. Usually it's good. Yeah. Can you guess what I'm talking about today for part of this episode?
1: Well, if I had to make a guess, it would be the uh, new release, Starfield.
0: Yes. Yes, it would. It is 1.49 p.m. on September 1st. So I've been playing it for a few hours. I didn't get it early or anything, but I did get into the early access. I talked about it, what, a few days ago? In my time with it now, I have chosen to play as a diplomat. Okay. A young dude with blue hair. who's was a diplomat somehow. Ended up as a minor. That's because everybody ends up as a minor in the story. I'm an extrovert. I chose to have hero worship, of course. So I have the adoring fan follow me around. But that's you know they're here they're there. I joined Constellation. It looks good. I was worried it would look bad. It's so big... I've
1: seen, like, a little bit of gameplay footage, and, like, I would definitely, I kind of feel, like, a little bit of resemblance to Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Yeah. But, to me, it's, like, a lot more, like, cleaner, more polished look. It reminds me, actually, a lot of a game uh, that I watched a streamer uh, play a couple years ago called Prey.
0: See, I didn't play Prey. Not the new one, anyway, but I know what you're talking about. It does have a a Prey-ish kind of feel. Some parts of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the combat's great compared to any other Bethesda game, even though you don't have VATs like you do in Fallout.
1: It's fun. So, like, is it just, like, straight up, like, real-time combat? Because I've not seen anything Yeah, yet.
0: it's real-time combat. You have different types of weapons, laser, ballistic.
1: Is melee a thing?
0: Oh, yeah. You could choose a whole melee build. There's entire uh, backgrounds related to melee. Okay. Yeah. Bouncer is one of them, I'm pretty sure. But, no, I chose diplomat, so I don't, I don't really have that. I've got a little bit of extra health. I'm really good at commerce and I'm really good at talking to people. I planned on being able to sell a bunch of getting some money to buy better ships. So I'm not so sure I'll be stealing them. I also learned that you have to take the pilot skill. If you want to start piloting larger ships, the A, B and C, C is the largest. Yeah. So I'm working on the pilot skill right now. The skills are cool. You take a perk and then you have to, the skill that related to it. And as you use them, they give you a challenge and you can level it up from there. There's four tiers in each skill.
1: Okay, so basically instead of it being straight up just pumping points into a skill to make it better, you actually have to show like a level of skill to increase it.
0: Yeah, so it's like Oblivion. You use something in order to make it better, but there's a particular thing you have to do with that skill to unlock the next level of it, to use a perk point on it. Okay. You know, in Oblivion, all you have to do is jump around to get your, what is it, acrobatics up? Mm hmm And this, it'll say, use this skill in this way, so many times. Like, my mercantile mm-hmm. skill. I think is what it's called. Am I thinking of Skyrim? Or Oblivion? Possibly. Um, I think it is mercantile. I'm not sure. But, uh, I had to sell like 20 unique items before I unlock level 2, and then I can put a point in it and buy that level 2.
1: Okay. That yeah. makes
0: sense. Yeah. Every time I sell something, I have to make sure I sell something different than before, so I get another point towards that. I have decided to go with the main quest for a long period. The constellation find the artifact kind of thing Mm -hmm. spoilers i should say right now minor spoilers from what is point on i might say something that people don't want to know so far i've just talked about character creation and how the skills work so Mm -hmm. but I'm, i'm sticking with constellation for now because i've heard a lot of people say that you unlock some cool things if you keep going on with the story at least until something into the unknown starts
1: well for me i look at it as it's a bethesda game So in that regard, they have learned that they're really good at doing side quests. Yeah. And of course, main quest stories are, you know, usually pretty good, decent too. But most people tend to ignore the main quest in favor of doing more stuff on the side and kind of coming back to the main quest. Yeah. And I'm also one of those people. But if you want to have people be a little bit more drawn to the main story in a sense, You do need to try to make it a little bit more appealing to where, like whether it's abilities or items that you get that make playing into, you know, inherently either easier or more fun.
0: I think it's abilities. I haven't quite got there yet, but I'm pretty sure it's basically your Unrelenting Force Thum from Skyrim kind of abilities. You get some, you start with those after you get so far in that.
1: Well, imagine like if you had to play through the main story so far before you actually unlocked your perk tree.
0: Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to unlock though. I'll be fair. I have no idea. I haven't got that far because I do get sidetracked slightly by mainly other ships you come across in space because you can technically be on a planet, go to your solar map, go to another system and another planet, click on it if you've been there before and fast travel to some place on that planet. You don't have to get on the ship all the time. Mm. If you don't want to, you just skip that entire thing. But I like random encounters out there. I'm sure some people have seen this on TikTok or somewhere. I came across a ship. It held me. Like, hello, hello. And we've been trying to reach you about your... Soon to be expired or already expired, ships extended warranty
1: for real, yeah, I mean like, that's been a joke for a long time, but
0: they just threw it in the game, and, and there it is, uh, as
1: long as it doesn't get old, yeah, I'd laugh though like if you're like near the end of the game and you have like this massive like warship that hails you, <laughs> and it's actually the the, the same like warranty sells or whatever like I've still been trying to reach you about your like or you know warranty, yeah,
0: oh speaking of being tracked down i chose wanted as one of my little startup what is it three perks or three uh skills characteristics yeah i chose wanted as one Hmm. because it will make mercenaries come after you ever so often and if you're exploring fast reaches of the empty space sometimes it's nice to have a little
1: interaction interaction
0: xp or something like that. i've already found a way to get rid of it Another spoiler, I just walked up to a lady, I think it was on Mars, and she works for a mercenary group. And she said, oh, for a simple 3,000 credits, I can get rid of that for you. And it said remove permanently as well. And I said to myself, no, I don't want to do it. I haven't even met one yet. So there is ways to get rid of a lot of these. They said they would be. But 3,000 credits. I made that before I got on the ship the first time. There's a lot of inflation in this game. My bounty isn't really that high, apparently.
1: Well, I'm sure if you start becoming more of a space pirate, that can...
0: Yeah, I chose taskmaster as well once it will make me pay double for any crew member i pick up but if any of my ship's stats below 50 percent health it has a chance of just completely refilling it instantly huh. so i was like you know that's a long-term thing that's good i also chose another one for a while there that i think i get stronger the weaker i am okay yeah, like the less health i have the stronger i get
1: i've seen a lot of builds like especially like dark souls Take builds to where, like, you take advantage of, like, the less health you have, the higher multiplier you have on your, yeah. you know, attacks.
0: And being a diplomat, I already have higher health. If it gets low, that kicks in. Also, healing stems don't work as well. That was the negative side of that. Ah. Uh, yeah.
1: I do like how they've built like, the, a duality.
0: Yeah, that is you know, good. In that. I think the first one to have that that I can remember playing personally was Fallout 3. And then Fallout New Vegas had the same skill thing. Hmm. Um, I don't think they have anything like that in Fallout 4. It's all good stuff.
1: Uh, pretty much. Same for Skyrim. Yeah, it was just pretty much like if you don't have it, then you don't get the benefit Traits, of having it.
0: Traits, that's what they're called, I think. I might be wrong. But yeah, I came across a couple House of Varun ships, the Serpent Worshippers. They're Zealots. Apparently, there is a more friendly side of the faction, a more diplomatic side. Hmm. But they have went missing. Oh. Yeah. And all they left us was with the zealots. Um, okay. I, I was real tempted to choose them as my one of my traits, being a member of House Varun.
1: I think it'd be cool if they did like something, uh in like a future game that was like futuristic setting, and uh, but did like a, a time travel sequence where you went back in time, but you like popped up in like Tamriel.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Of course they put Skyrim inside. I'd be mean, <laughs> like, why not? Found another way to sell us Skyrim, secretly.
1: Yeah, secret DLC time warp.
0: Yeah. Hey, I don't want to come across like I'm a person that hates on them selling it. I'm happy it's available on so many consoles.
1: I mean, I am too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I bought it several times myself, and I've currently got it on Switch just to have it, you know, to play when I feel like it. I
0: have it. I can't count the times I've bought it, to be perfectly honest, because I go through consoles like crazy. I'll get tired of one, sell it, and get another thing. Now, the game is huge. I should say that. Like, I'm just scratching the surface here. There is so much space. I haven't even touched the ship building, Mm -hmm. because I know once I do, there's where all my credits are going. As soon as I get to that mission that people keep telling me I need to get to before I drop off the main quest completely for a while, I need to join the Crimson Fleet. I hear it's a good way to make some money.
1: So there's like guilds or factions? Yeah,
0: factions. It's space pirates, the Crimson Fleet is. Okay. And where I've unlocked the piloting thing, I have a feeling I need to do some more space combat to get that skill up so I can eventually have huge ships. I want to be class C pilot. You have the United Colonies, which is, they consider themselves the true descendants of Earth. Mm-hmm. they're also the biggest faction and the most uh i guess cohesive they're more together than the rest you have okay. the Free star collective which is their biggest rival and more like a bunch of city states but they're planets <laughs> uh they're more western style you go there you're going to feel like you're playing fallout probably mm-hmm. and then reogen industries which i haven't even came in contact with them then you have the house of the enlightened which is the People I mentioned before who are atheists more or less, but they believe that the real religion in the world should be this people doing good for other people. Mm-hmm. Sanctum Universum, I don't know, I haven't run into them again. And then House of the serpent people who are just violent for the most part. The Crimson Fleet is this pirates. Spacers are just like raiders in Fallout, just bad people for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other like the Trade Authority who works on all things trade related. You could work for them. The Trackers, which are I believe the people who I could have paid my bounty off with, Gal Bank, which is like Galaxy Bank, I guess mm-hmm. I haven't worked for them yet, but I know they're you could work for the bank if you want to, and a bunch of others there's just so many different compared to the other games there's a lot you know mm-hmm. and I, like i said i've been working on the main quests and I fly places, but that's about the only time I come across something out of the way to interact with, so i can't tell you much it 's still very early for me in this game.
1: It does sound like so far though like you've taken in quite a bit of information well, so far. So,
0: a lot of it was already out. I get that. But, yeah.
1: like, knowing it, but still being able to apply it into something is different.
0: I I had a basic plan for what I was going to do when I hopped in here, and I already, as soon as I started playing, I threw it out and realized I needed piloting skills. And, <laughs> you know, I I, just, I did take Diplomat like I planned on doing, just because... I've always enjoyed the ability to talk my way out of problems in the game. Mm -hmm. And I've done it a few times already. I had a Martian try to lie and tell me somebody I was hunting for had a tab. And if I paid it, he would, he didn't have no tab. Mm. I also came across an instructor, someone teaching someone to be a pilot within space. Mm -hmm. But she had fallen unconscious. I was on my way to Mars at the moment. And I got a hail, oh, the ship's taking off again. I don't know how to stop it. Please help me stop it. And he was being taught how to fly a ship. But the instructor fell unconscious, and so I had to attack the ship. Him screaming, go for the engines, don't kill us. And eventually huh. I did stop him. I hadn't unlocked the Perket to aim for particular parts of the ship. So I was thinking, no matter what i will do, I'm going to kill these people, but I guess I'll help. I did. I managed to stop it without blowing up the ship and saved them. And they gave me some credits and sent me on my way. Hmm. I could have probably blown the ship up and taken the stuff in it. Or I could have just got on board, killed them both, and taken the ship. But I haven't tried that yet, so I don't know. I've met a nice man who told me to stay away from a certain system as I was flying around. He called me Charlie 3, and apparently everybody he meets is a Charlie on a particular day because he meets so many of them. He said, I'm nice as Charlie 3. He met all week, but he warned me about a system that was full of spacers, not to go over there that way. Also gave me a quest to go over that way when he said that, so (laughs) I guess I'll be doing that eventually. There's just so much to do, and the lore, I'm trying to absorb the lore because I've had decades to get attached to fallout and oblivion and skyrim this is a whole new thing a massive massive literal universe made by Bethesda. so we'll see where it takes me in the long run i will do a full review on this later because technically this is one of dakota's episodes i've just commandeered
1: it's okay man i mean like hey it's starfield i mean like i look forward to you know, learning about it and getting to play it, too. It's just I take more of an approach of I don't want to know anything. Like, I, I like trying to be like a newborn baby first, you know, like looking well, should have at something. You said that
0: before I talked about it. I could have no. brought my sister up here or something.
1: No, it's okay, man. Like, <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, but I mean, like, I, I, spoilers are inevitable nowadays. Like, with...
0: If you have social media, they're just going to be there.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, that's just how it is. I mean, like, I've seen stuff. It's just that, like, I've just not sought out... Information.
0: I don't mean to interrupt, but I did have a few critiques. The mapping system mm-hmm. for cities and planets, the, the the galactic map is fine, but the other ones, like the local ones, are bad. They need to work on that. I can't find anything. It tells you what districts you're in in certain cities, but that's all. You have to look for signs or something like a normal person. Inventory management. I've heard a lot of people complain about it. And now I know what they're talking about. Hmm. There's a whole lot of navigating. There's a lot of space wasted. You know how on Fallout you can see what's inside of the container you're looking in and right beside it you see what's in your inventory so you mm-hmm. can mix and match and move them around. You can only see one at a time in this. You have no idea what's in the other one. You're just dropping stuff and hoping for the best or picking up stuff and hoping for the best. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, they take up a whole section of the screen of an image of whatever you're holding or Highlighting so they can't put anything over there. If they had to change anything, I'd recommend they fix the inventory system. I can see modders doing it for certain systems, but I'm not Mm going to mod my game. I want those achievements. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now, sorry.
1: Well, I thought today uh, I'd kind of do like a little bit more of like a throwback and talk about an old N64 title, though I was kind of stuck between wanting to talk about either Donkey Kong 64 or Pokemon Stadium.
0: What would you rather talk about?
1: Well, I mean, like, I'm pretty cool with talking about either one as far as that goes. Like, I've played through and beat both of them back in the day. Though we have done several Pokemon episodes already. Yeah. And, but I don't think we've done a Donkey Kong episode.
0: We have not. I would have learned something about Donkey Kong.
1: <laughs> well, with Donkey Kong 64, uh, I got it back, I'm pretty sure I kind of got it back during launch.
0: I don't even know when it launched. I was more of a Spyro guy.
1: Because I actually got the Donkey Kong N64 edition that was jungle green, kind of like that see-through green plastic.
0: You don't get consoles like it no more. Mm -hmm.
1: The game itself uh, was produced by Rare. Mm -hmm. With the Donkey Kong 64 console, it was a special bundle. It contained the game pack itself, the special edition jungle green controller, and the console. And it also came with an expanded memory pack. Which was uh, usable across multiple games, as far as that goes. But it was a little, uh, you know, aftermarket memory expansion pack.
0: I mean, that's a pretty good bundle, depending on how much it costs. It's almost better than the bundles you get now.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the game itself, it's shown here, was anywhere from like 60 to $70 brand new back in the day. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, like, that was pretty pricey.
0: Yeah, that's like <laughs> now.
1: Think of it, man. Like, if you paid $70 back in the 90s for a video game... That would transfer to being...
0: Well, the original Nintendo 64 went for one ninety nine ninety nine in the U.S.
1: So, with that in mind, so it was probably about $170 for the yeah. bundle. That's what my family paid for it back in the day. So that
0: was a pretty good deal then.
1: But, let's see. Well, according to just a quick Google search, $170, in, uh, and I just kind of like did a ballpark of like 1990, because it was like in the 90s. Yeah. Is equivalent in purchasing power to about almost three hundred ninety seven dollars and sixty one cents today.
0: Really? Yeah, That's but uh <laughs> not as bad as I thought really.
1: But I mean still though, like that would be uh paying like four hundred dollars almost for a console and a ga- one game. Yeah. Which I mean like nowadays, I guess comparatively it doesn't seem as bad. But I don't know. I still think like some of the like I I buy the stuff but it seems a little bit overpriced.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying.
1: The game was released in 1999. November 22nd, 1999 was when the game uh, was officially released. Holiday release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I actually remember getting it for Christmas, actually. That that makes now sense. I don't think about it. So like that does make a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, because that's the perfect time to get it. <laughs>
1: it was kind of like a... I guess I kind of considered it kind of like an RPG back in the day, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like just another rare platformer collect, all the collectibles. You had multiple characters in the game that you could play as, that you kind of unlock as you went. You started off as Donkey Kong, and then you acquired Diddy Kong, Tiny Kong, uh, Lanky Kong, and let's see here.
0: I only knew about Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong.
1: Chunky Kong, of course. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and, like, then you had, like, your other classic characters, like Cranky Kong, Candy Kong.
0: Candy Kong sounds good.
1: Uh, well, she was supposed to be, like, DK's girlfriend, I think, Mm -hmm. was supposed to be the official lore. The characters all had, like, their own, like, special, like, attacks and, like, unique abilities and everything. Like, Donkey Kong was the one that could operate levers, uh, Chunky could lift rocks, Tiny could crawl through holes, Diddy could fly, and Lanky could float.
0: Hover or well, like, or water?
1: Uh, well, like when you got to the air, uh, like little like area where you could like utilize his special ability. Basically, he would like blow up like a balloon, yeah, like inflate, and then he would. Uh, you could just have like a limited amount of time to kind of like float to whatever point you needed to get to.
0: Well, that's pretty good if you needed to get somewhere.
1: And then uh, each of them also had uh, unique weapons and uh, musical instruments that they utilized in yeah. the game. Uh the weapons were like what they used for like projectiles, like to shoot projectiles, and then the uh instruments were more kind of like an a o e effect for attacking enemies,
0: so just depending on which one you're playing as interacts differently if the mm-hmm.
1: and as you're going throughout the world, like you had uh like switches that could only be like hit with specific ammunition, so like uh, like for example, like Donkey Kong, he fired a shotgun that fired coconut shells. <laughs> Diddy Kong had twin pistols that fired peanuts. Tiny had a crossbow that shot feathers. Um. Chunky had a bazooka that shot pineapples.
0: That seems more reasonable.
1: And Lanky had a uh kind of like reminded you of like a blow dart. Yeah. But instead of darts, he had grapes.
0: So this is like jungle warfare at its most basic. (laughs) I would have never thought of using fruits and other things.
1: And then each of them had like their own instruments. Uh, Donkey Kong, uh, he had bongos. Uh, Diddy had an electric guitar. Tiny, I cannot remember what her instrument was, but I know uh, Lanky's instrument was a trombone, and then Chunky had a triangle.
0: I have seen the band because she <laughs> put it on YouTube here once, mm-hmm. all together.
1: And then, like they also had like their special abilities, like you could like find these floating barrels. Uh, like if you found a barrel that had like all the faces on it, that was how you switched characters. But there was other bills you could find that would have just like one character's face on it, and only that character could use it, but that was what like triggered their special ability. Like for Donkey Kong, uh he could basically do like the like star vulnerability for Mario. He would be invincible for a set amount of time. Uh Diddy, uh he would get a jetpack and could fly. Mm-hmm. Uh Tiny would like shrink super tiny. <laughs> Chunky would actually get really big And, and then uh, Lanky He was the one that floated He'd blow up like a balloon
0: You had to get them in a certain order I'm guessing right You didn't just start off with all of them and-
1: Yeah like you uh, Because like uh, the way the game starts off with uh, In classic fashion uh, Like Donkey Kong and his family and friends The Kong crew uh, Have a horde of golden bananas That King K. rule. This big alligator I've seen him too uh, steals all the bananas from Donkey Kong and also kidnaps all of his friends, locks them up in all the different worlds, and like hides all the golden bananas all throughout the place. Like the point of the game is to rescue your friends and get your golden banana hoard back. And then in the process of that, like you take on like uh, k Rule.
0: He does sound a bit cruel. Just
1: a little bit. Why did he?
0: Why did he even do that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like it was just the the shtick, you know. Like he, like I remember, there was like a TV show back in the day that was not animated, but it was like uh, CGI. I don't know if it was like because he hated Donkey Kong or if he just like thought Donkey Kong was greedy and keeping all the bananas to himself.
0: He might have been,
1: possibly. Uh, But there was like uh, there was like so many bananas to golden bananas collect in every stage. Uh, There was blueprints to find. Uh, everyone had their own color-coded banana that they could find as well. Because to unlock the boss in each level, um, you had to, uh, find this door. And it was like, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, it kind of reminded me of like two hippos. (laughs) But, uh, like they each had like a number on their belly. And, uh, one would be like at zero or like a low number, the other one would be exponentially high. And to unlock the boss door, each... Kong had to go through and collect bananas and then feed those bananas to the statue of, on the door that was like less full. And once the numbers matched then the door would open. And you had access to the boss.
0: Interesting little puzzle.
1: And uh, then you would get a key when you defeated the boss that went to a lock to uh, K. Rule Jr. which was like a giant crocodile that was in a cage <laughs> out in the overworld. And, uh, if you got all the keys and unlocked him out of his cage, he went on a, like, a temper tantrum because, you know, his dad locked him up. And in the process of everything else, like, K. Rule is, like, trying to leave in, like, a a, a spaceship, but then Junior basically, like, swats him out of the air, and then he crash lands, and then you, uh, go into the ship, and then that's how you face off against K. Rule and actually he's the final boss of the game. Like, he... Like drops the crown in the cave, and he like becomes like a old school like Mike Tyson, and like it's a boxing ring and everything. What? Yeah, you know, it's just that era of like kooky games. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> While you were playing this, I was playing Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, I bet. Probably. Yeah, because my family they didn't keep track of what I was doing. I guess.
1: Oh, and there was also uh, all kinds of other different options to it too. Like there was like mini games that you could find. Like in the game, uh, there was like some throwback games to the classic Donkey Kong and jetpack that you could find like like arcade machines, yeah, in game and play those also too. There was an option with some of them to where you could transform into animals.
0: you already are animals,
1: well, transform into different
0: animals okay
1: uh, like Donkey Kong, he could transform into a rhino if you got into a certain barrel. He turned into a rhino, then a rhino could, like, destroy barriers and take out enemies, like, in one hit and that kind of stuff. And then Lanky was able to turn into a swordfish.
0: I would never would have seen these coming.
1: Yeah, like, like I say, man, like, it is kooky as hell, but it was fun. Like, it was a lot of fun, it was goofy, and, you know, like, definitely, like, if you've never played it before, either grab your N64 and, you know, go to a local game shop or something, check them out, or find other means. You know, you might have a friend or family member that might have access to be able to help you out.
0: Surely, there's a way to play it.
1: And then there was also a separate uh, multiplayer mode that you could play with uh, two to four players, because like, the N64 had four ports to it, so you could have four controllers at a time. Yeah. And in that, uh, you could do a couple of different minigames, like Monkey Smash, just uh, kind of like deathmatch-style minigame, where however many players wanted to play, would each have like their own like sets of ammo and stuff, and basically like, try to... Uh, Shoot to kill. Well, well. Mame. Yes. Like, you're, you're like, taking the. Because like, everyone has, like, a set number of lives. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to take, like, their lives away before you lose yours. Okay. And they have, like, King of the Hill style stuff. Uh, all kinds of different things. And, like, and it was just a lot of fun. The boss fights were not too bad. The story was entertaining enough. But, I mean, it was like anything else. It was just. Nothing that was super serious. If you've played other Donkey Kong games like Donkey Kong Country on uh, Game Boy, you know, like you get the basic concept.
0: It makes me think of like Nickelodeon for some reason when you talk about it.
1: You know how your health
0: was counted in this
1: game? Watermelons.
0: Watermelons?
1: Yeah, like you had like a whole watermelon, right? And it had four chunks to that watermelon. And whenever you would get hit by something or take damage. So many like pieces of watermelon would be taken away, and when you hit zero watermelon, like you would get a game over. Yeah. But then you could like find watermelon out in the world and like refill your health back. There it was were, all about fruit, man.
0: I, I could tell. It see. was
1: just fruit. Like fruit was the bottom line: bananas, watermelons, coconuts.
0: The bananas made sense, but <laughs> all this is news to me, except for the fact they had a band because I did see a video of that. It's cool. It sounds like a, a lot more exciting than I thought it was going to be. I just expected you jump a lot. I didn't even know about the other characters being involved in the gameplay. I just thought they were backdrop people.
1: Nah, like they're full on playable characters, man. Like this was like the same era of like Mario 64 uh, when Nintendo was expanding into the 3D scene and giving you more like open world style games to explore instead of just being like a 2D side scroller. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were still like platforming elements in the game too. You know, with the exploration and everything else, but like there's with a whole it, lot more to it, yeah, like with the advent of 3D and having that third dimension to be able to explore at the time, it just made a big difference for a lot of people.
0: It certainly did. I remember thinking it looked so good, and I went back and tried to play some, mm. and like Conquers Bad Fur Day and all that stuff, and
1: kind of hard to look at now,
0: yeah, yeah. Some of them don't look that bad. Mario's a little better because it's, Which I guess, it's so bright.
1: Which, in luck, though, if any of y'all are uh, Switch players, uh, if you're not already aware—sure, most of you are—that the all a lot of the older Nintendo titles, including N64 titles, are available on emulator on Nintendo Switch. Uh, I guess you can call it emulator. But uh, if you have like the Nintendo Online membership, uh, you can access some of those uh, older games and play them on your Switch.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. I- I want to throw in here any, anything we talk about that I can find, I'll put an Amazon affiliate link mm-hmm. in the description of this episode. So you could just click on that. And if you get anything, it'll help us out and it won't charge you a penny extra and you get, you know, Amazon's quick shipping or whatever.
1: And I'll give you a heads up. If you do decide to get it, get you an N64 to play, to get that classic feeling. If you've never played on the N64, be prepared. Cause that controller is a little bit confusing. It looks like used. a Trident. Kind of, sort of, yeah.
0: Whatever I can find, I'll throw in there, and excluding the Starfield and Xbox and all that stuff, we'll put it all in the description. How long did you play this game?
1: I played it off and on for about the first year that I had it, but then, as I to say, I hit a kind of a roadblock in the game. There was a boss that was like this giant, like a Frankenstein-esque jester in a box, boss that you had to fight with, Tiny Kong.
0: Like a jack-in-the-box?
1: Yes. Okay. And, like, it would flip around and stuff like that, the arena that you were on, and you had to jump and fly or kind of glide to uh, different squares and then, like, stomp or slam or whatever, like, on the appropriate color to cause them, like, to shock and everything. For some reason, I just couldn't do it back then. Yeah. I remember I put it down for probably about a year or two and never went back. Until one day I was just like, you know what, I'm going to like sit through and play this game. And I remember I kind of like somehow softlocked because I would like done something, even though I hadn't defeated the boss in that level, I was able to unlock levels past that. And for some reason, I guess me doing that, like kind of like softlocked the game because I'd done certain things that I hadn't, shouldn't have been able to do yet.
0: It was before mods.
1: Well, this is me, I guess, just kind of glitching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up like just like, starting completely over from scratch and playing through. And at that point, I had no problem. And I went kind of like streamlined through the game and actually beat it the proper way. No cheesing.
0: Well, there you go. See, I did the same thing of Star Wars Knights of the Elder Republic. I played it for a few hours when I first got it. Got mm-hmm. stuck somewhere, couldn't get past it, sucked at it, put it down. And then about a year later, I decided I was going to plop it in there give it a shot i had a great time i love that game i can't even remember now why it bothered me the first time something happened i guess but you surprise yourself sometimes like that you take a break sometimes a particularly long one like we did
1: Mm -hmm. well also two games back then not trying to call donkey kong necessarily like a very hard game but the difficulty overall of games back then was inherently more difficult than it is now
0: especially if the nintendo 64 controller
1: like, it wasn't quite Castlevania hard, but it had its moments. If you were not aware, and you were just kind of, like, figuring out as you went, you'd have a hard time sometimes. But it was still a lot of fun.
0: We had fun. I never played the game, but I know I liked Nintendo 64 quite a lot. I played it for years.
1: Pretty much, uh, just ending notes on that, is that... Uh You can play the game for a few hours, stretch it out over a couple of days if you'd like. It's definitely worth a play, though it can be a little hard to look at from the dated graphics on it. But if you're a fan of Donkey Kong and never have played it, I definitely recommend giving it a try.
0: I'm still not a platformer guy, so I might not do that. But I will probably watch some more videos about it because I had no idea there was so much in the game.
1: Like, it's more exploring, puzzles, platforming. If you enjoy... Zelda, especially the newer Zeldas, where it's the concept of, like, you're, it's more open world, you're exploring different areas and stuff, like, it's really cool in that respect. However, it's just, uh, the, you have, like, the hu- main hub world, and then you unlock the different leveled worlds as you progress throughout the game.
0: Oh, like the portraits in, in Mario 64.
1: Per se, yes. Because you're on, like, DK Island. Okay. And then, like, K. Rule has his ship docked not far away from your island and you can like travel back and forth between the two because there's like two different like d- levels uh that you face on his ship and then the rest of them are all areas that are actually a part of the island mm-hmm. but you don't have full access to each of the levels until you do certain things as you progress i understand a bit. this more. is the era of like spyro and like that's what i was playing crash bandicoot and you know like If you played games like that, same kind of concept. You've got your main hub world, you're playing through the story, and you unlock new levels by unlocking new worlds.
0: Uh, well... Like I said, I, I played some Mario 64, and I played a lot of Spyro. I just didn't play Crash or Donkey Kong. And the same goes for Starfield. I can't say for sure, but so far, I'm loving the game. And I do recommend you play that. Well, I definitely
1: do plan re- uh, playing that whenever I get the opportunity to, man. I need to get me a, a PS5 and uh, then get the game, and I should be good to go. Dakota?
0: Yes. It's Xbox exclusive. Shit. Yeah. But you've already bought everything for your PS collection, so.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I do eventually want to get another, uh, I'd prefer to get an Xbox system, too. I like having both. Like I'm I'm like, okay, you know, like, I'll have, like, the Xbox in the living room, I'll keep the PlayStation in the bedroom kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But, day at a time, dollar at a time.
0: (laughs) That's the way to do it. That's all we can do, really. Oh, Yeah. If you like what you heard here or watched here, because we are putting these on YouTube now for people who don't know that, I'll put a link to all that in the description. Depending on what you're listening to or watching, the link to the opposite version of it will be in the description, too. There'll be either a podcast or a YouTube link. We are part of the Gruesome Gaming Group. We have three podcasts total, including this one, uh, Horrific History and Hauntings, which is a podcast I do with my sister about Exactly, what's the title? Horrific History and Hauntings. And Brother Knows Quest. It's another one I do with my sister where I talk about tabletop role playing games each week. A different one each week. And she tells me what she thinks about it. Whatever you're listening or watching us on, leave a like or subscribe if you want to see more of it. Also, leave a comment if you can, depending on what you're using. A review, maybe.
1: Yeah, we got to bow to the almighty algorithm, as they say. Yeah. And just, you know, we definitely want to honestly, you know, like get y'all's honest feedback and. Tell us what y'all think. If there's anything that you enjoy specifically that you'd like to hear more of or anything you'd like to have us change up and do better or do different, let us know. You know, like we're doing this, uh, you know, trying to have a little bit of fun while we're out there. But if you guys, you know, like anything specific you'd like to hear, just we'd like to hear it.
0: Yeah. I also learn a lot. Dakota plays a lot of games I don't play, so I hear a lot about them. I learned more <laughs> next week. I will probably talk about some more Starfield.
1: Sounds good to me, man.
0: Okay. I'll have a lot more time under my belts.
1: I might, uh, to kind of do a duality there for Bethesda. I might, uh, try to see if maybe play a little bit of Skyrim. Oh yeah. And kind of do like a comparison there,
0: you know, cause I haven't played Skyrim in a few months now. I don't think a dabble. That's surprising. Yeah. i <laughs> jump back in that so often. Anyway, Thank you for listening to Leveling Duo. I've been Ramy,
1: And this has been Dakota. Logging off. Logging off.